Laura. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. And once again, I'm not even in control of my own ship. Scott Corelli <laughs> returns to take over for our true Halloween horror spectacular, and he brings with him Nick Jimenez. So, Scott, Nick, is Friday the 13th a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? That's a complicated question. <laughs> uh- <laughs> All of the above? All of the above. Already had a remake. Probably should have another one. Might already there 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 was some news. I didn't dig too deeply, but about a month ago there was like, it finally happened. Holy crap, we're we're doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah, the rights were up in limbo for a while, and then that got ironed out. And now um like the original screenwriter, I think, has the rights back, I believe, and now he's like Instead of the producer and director of the original movie sort of chaperoning the, the, the franchise, now the original writer is, I think, if I'm not mistaken. That's how that happened. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what this new take is going to be, but we'll see what uh, Nick and I uh, have come up with. I will say, so this is sort of a soft sequel <laughs> to our, our episode from last year in which Nick and I took over the show and did nightmare on Elm street. And so we were like, well, what do you do next? Well, you know, if you're doing Freddie, then you should move on to Jason. Right. That, so that's, was my question. So Freddie Krueger, I was kind of aware of, I kind of knew the lore. I yeah. know next to nothing about Jason other than I think hockey mask. Oh boy, man. Okay. Nick, will you, will you allow me to go down the history of, of Jason Voorhees? <laughs> Please. Please. Yeah. Okay, so the first film in the franchise, Friday the 13th, was literally Halloween comes out in in the 70s. John Carpenter's Halloween, Michael Myers, Mm -hmm. you know, everything you know about that. Basically invents the slasher genre as we know it. You know, there were, there were, there were people, there are people, there are like super horror nerds that will be like, no, 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 slasher. There was like this little known movie that like happened, predates Halloween, blah, 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 blah. blah. But Halloween was the first big slasher hit, right? Because I don't consider Psycho a slasher movie. That's, it has one Black scene Christmas. in the shower. What's that? Uh, Black Christmas is usually but, kind of like a hipstery one to bring up. Yep, totally, totally. But Halloween is the thing that makes it mainstream. And that movie is such a hit on such a low budget that um, this producer is like, we, we got to do the same thing. It'll be so easy. Look, look, look at how easy this movie is. And so he comes up with the title. He's like, Halloween. Well, we don't want to do another holiday. But what's another recurring thing that we could, like, make sequel after sequel after sequel? Oh, Friday the 13th. That's, uh, people consider that bad luck. We'll do Friday the 13th. So he makes a poster that just says Friday the 13th on it. And it's a fake movie poster. And he's like, we totally made this movie and you should buy the rights to it. And so he sells all of the rights off to Friday the 13th, like sells, like, like, you know, gets all of the money for it. And then it's like, okay, now we got to make a movie because we have a budget. So he gets all of that movie based off a poster that just says Friday the 13th on it. That's it. Just the title. 
Nothing else. It's a horror movie named Friday the 13th. Why can't we do that anymore? We all have scripts. Let's just make a good poster and apparently people will give us money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that think, be I think this was the 80s when, you know, there were markets and like, pe- pe- right. you know, like that were run by madmen on cocaine. That <laughs> yes. were, so what you're you know. saying, what we need is a, a degree in graphic design and cocaine. Yes. And I know where to go to get both of those. <laughs> well, sounds like we got a plan. Yeah, um, a plan and a party. Anyway, uh, this is, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so they go and they make Friday the 13th. They figure out like the basic concept of like, oh, you know, where, where's cheap to shoot. Okay. We have a location. It's a camp. So we will make a, like a summer slasher film set at a camp. So that first film, if you don't know anything about Friday the 13th and you've never seen Scream, which I assume is the true with both of those things for you, mm-hmm. uh, then you you would not know that Jason is, in fact, not the killer in the first Friday the 13th. I do know that, actually. OK, you do know that. OK, okay. so that that first Friday the 13th is like a whodunit kind of mm-hmm. and, you know, is very like. Uh, uh, the the director or or one of the screenwriters or or something has stated multiple times that like we didn't we wrote, we had to write that very quickly because we had to shoot it very quickly, and we didn't have the time to like do things like create characters and arcs <laughs> and plot. So instead, we relied heavily on archetypes, and that was it. So everyone is just an archetype, and it's a whodunit. And the killer is Mrs. Voorhees, who is not in the movie until like the, literally the last 10 minutes. And then she like shows up suddenly and is like. It was acting me like the a, whole time. Yeah. Acting like a nice lady for like five seconds. And then and then is like, actually, I'm the killer. I'm the one who did it. And now I'm going to kill you, too. And her whole thing is Jason was her son, went to this camp, Camp Crystal Lake. He has some deformities. And it's sort of like an elephant man kind of situation, but he was a kid and he's at this camp and the counselors are too busy having sex and doing drugs to pay attention to Jason. Jason falls into the lake, drowns, and now she is trying to get revenge on all of the counselors who are, were responsible for that. Um, or, or new counselors in this case, she killed all the original counselors. Now she's back because they're trying to open the camp again. And she's like, those counselors are going to have sex and do drugs again. And another, another (laughs) kid is going to die. So I better kill them all because that'll teach them. So that's the first movie and that's it. The second movie introduces the fact that Jason lived, um, after his quote unquote drowning and has been living in the woods as a crazy madman. In the woods. He wears a bag over his head, like a pillowcase over his head in the in the second movie. Um, with like a little hole for one of for his one eye. What? Um yes. And and runs around and kills everybody for the same. He's like living up to his mother's legacy of like killing the bad kids that are having sex and doing drugs. Wait, so Friday the thirteenth two, the bad guy is the incredible bag man? Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. He wears like a overalls, sack. yeah, sack overalls and a and a and a, uh, a flannel shirt, um, real outdoors type uh, guy, and uh, wears a pillowcase over his head. 
cool, 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 yeah. cool. So then, so, weird. so then you get the third one, which escalates things very quickly. So I think the funniest thing about this franchise is that the movie in which Jason gets his iconic hockey mask is the third film, which was also shot to be released in 3D and is just full of 3D gags of like eyes popping out into the camera <laughs> and like stupid shots of people popping popcorn and the popcorn going into the camera and like just tons of stupid 3D stuff that is like obnoxious if you watch it now because you don't watch it in 3D. So it's just ridiculous, <laughs> obviously 3D shots. Is three the one with Crispin Glover, Scott? Uh, no, that okay. is, I wait, no, I believe that's four. The one with Crispin Glover. Yes, it's four because Crispin Glover and uh, Corey Feldman are in four. Four is my favorite. Four is the one that like ends with. uh, So four is the final chapter, because over the course of the 80s, Friday the 13th was a huge hit. Two was even a bigger hit. Everyone carbon copy after carbon copy, slasher after slasher after slasher. And it was diminishing returns and people were less interested. So the only way to like really promote Friday the 13th is like, well, we're going to kill Jason in this one. This is the last one. So come and see it, please. And so they do. And they kill Jason. And that's the end. Uh, And then, of course, they make a fifth one. The fifth one is a copycat killer who dresses up like Jason and terrorizes Corey Feldman from the from the fourth one now played by an older actor. Then uh, so then that happens, but that's just a copycat. So that was a total cop out in terms of like, oh, it wasn't even Jason. Then six hits. Jason lives. Jason comes back. This begins the new era of Friday the 13th in which Jason is basically a zombie. So he comes back from the dead. You can see his spine. He's like rotting. He's got maggots in his face, the whole thing. And also he wants to kill all of the teenagers who are having sex and doing drugs. So... (laughs) So, uh, so that happens. Um, that one's also a pretty good one, actually. Then seven happens, which was pitched as um, Jason versus Carrie. So suddenly, the final girl now has telekinesis. Um, and yes, oh, it, that's not even the start of how weird this this franchise gets. People who are listening can't see that I just had a weird reaction. Like I did not see these two franchises crossing over. <laughs> yes, yes. So so it's not actually Carrie, but the main character has telekinesis like Carrie. She can start fires and she can move oh, okay. things with her mind. And her name's sure. not actually Carrie. You, that's no, just her, summarizing. It is Jason versus Carrie. Got right, it. Okay. right, right, right. That, that's how it was, it was actually Jason versus Carrie. No, no, no. That's just how it was That pitched. would be weird. Um, yeah, the character's name is Tina. Um, but then we go to eight. Um, and eight is Jason Takes Manhattan, which sounds like the coolest idea it's like jason's gonna hit the manhattan streets and he's gonna kill people in the city he's not at camp crystal lake anymore it's an urban setting this is gonna be crazy except for some reason so camp crystal lake is in new jersey somehow jason stumbles upon a cruise ship gets on the cruise ship in new jersey which then This cruise travels from New Jersey to New to Manhattan. (laughs) I don't think that's how those work. Nope, I don't think so either. But but the majority of this movie is on the cruise ship, like literally seventy percent of the movie, and then the last half hour is in Manhattan. But it's Toronto as Manhattan. Sure. Yeah, of course, naturally. Of course. 
and then that happens and then that is the end of of the original series before they sell during this whole time they're wanting to do a freddy versus jason movie but paramount won't relinquish control of the friday the 13th name so instead the owner of jason Voorhees, the character sells that to new line who owns freddy krueger and they're like there you go you have jason Voorhees now paramount can't make any friday the 13th movies with jason Voorhees, but now you can make all the jason Voorhees movies you want as long as you don't call them friday the 13th and that brings us to jason goes to hell which is hold that thought because I yes. have to ask a question that is going to sound like a joke question, but I am genuinely curious. Yes. Who took Manhattan first? Jason or the Muppets? The Muppets. 100%. The Muppets did? Yes. So they took their title from the Muppets? Yes, correct. Amazing. That's all I, I mean, needed. I, I think the take Manhattan thing is like a, a vaudeville, like Broadway thing. So like at this point, the the, the movies are extremely campy. Like, sure ridiculously campy the mpaa is like hammering on the violence and like you can't have so much blood and gore and so now it's a lot of cutaways and then aftermath so it'll be like oh no i'm gonna get stabbed by a thing and then it's jason going and you just see his his face his like hockey mask and his arm making a jerking motion and then you go back to the victim and then they have a thing stabbed in their head so it's not there's no more like gore happening anymore and it's not really like none of that is happening anymore because the mpa is like i mean you're gonna get an nc-17 if you do that or like x i guess would be the rating back then so anyway so new line has control of it we get jason goes to hell jason goes to hell is an insane movie in which three very important things happen which are just like insane for this franchise so one jason gets killed in the cold open of this movie he gets this this there's this girl she's running through the woods at camp crystal lake gets jason gets cornered runs away a bunch of like f like cia fbi swat team people flip off these like fake bushes that they were wearing and just (laughs) just blow him away um there's like there's like 50 guys in the woods and they're just like waiting it was a trap they're gonna finally like ice jason forever so does that they, then teenager then walk back out, put on glasses and a uniform? Yep, correct. Does she actually? Uh, yes, 100%. 100%, yes. Yes! So, so, uh, so then this crazy thing happens where he becomes this supernatural entity where, like, they take his body into the hospital or what's left of his body, and his heart starts pumping and it hypnotizes this guy who is, like, seeing it, like the guy, the coroner or whatever, is, like, hypnotized and eats the heart. And then becomes Jason. He becomes possessed by Jason. And then, (laughs) yeah, crazy stuff. So a lot of supernatural stuff happens. This was a bad time for horror. It was the 90s. You know, the the, the horror wouldn't be reinvented until Scream in 96. This was like 93, 94. So it was a rough time for horror. Real bad movie. Very supernatural heavy. At one point... They realize that the thing, Nick, I don't know if you know this, the thing they realize they're like walking around this place and they find the guy who like resurrects Jason and they're like, how did he do it? And then they find a book, that book, Jason, or that, that book is that resurrected Jason, Nick is the Necronomicon straight up the Necronomicon from evil dead Two. A hundred percent. Like the it's it is the book. It is the pr- same prop. They start flipping through it, and it's the drawings from Evil Dead Two. It is the Necronomicon. Full stop. 
which is, I guess, the origin of all of those Ash versus Jason versus versus Freddy rumors that like, you know, and all of that development that happened. It started with Jason goes to hell, weirdly enough. Anyway, good guys lose. He goes to hell. And as he's being dragged to hell, he is being dragged to hell by someone with claws. Knives for fingers. It's Freddy Krueger dragging Jason to hell. Jason getting, I'm uh, Jason getting dragged to hell is the good guys losing. Good guys lo- winning. Sorry, the good guys win. Yes. Okay. All right. Um. So so he gets dragged to hell by Freddy Krueger, and then we get a few years later. Uh, well, like uh, a few years later, they go into development on Freddy versus Jason. It takes forever, and so they're like, "Well, we need to make another Jason movie, or we're going to lose the rights." So. What's the next one? Jason 10. Okay. It's called Jason X. And this, this is takes place in the year 2435 or something like that. And they, (laughs) they find his body. This is the future. They find his body. They bring it to space onto a spaceship. He wakes up and starts terrorizing everyone on a spaceship and then eventually some sci-fi stuff happens and he becomes Uber Jason, which is like, he's like half cyborg. And now he's like walking around. There's this really great scene where he goes into like a holodeck, like Star Trek holodeck, and they recreated Camp Crystal Lake. And he starts, he just immediately is like, Oh, hell yeah. Like you, I mean, he doesn't talk, but you can like see it in his eyes that he's like, yeah, like, and he just starts killing camp counselors, like in the most ridiculous ways possible. And all the camp counselors are holograms. So they're like speaking. They're like just saying things. They're just saying premarital sex and that's it. Like they don't, they don't have real dialogue. They just say (laughs) things like premarital sex out loud. And he just like throws them in sleeping bags and hits them against trees and stuff. The sort of um, NPC that when you walk by, their dialogue appears over them, but you can't actually interact with them? Yes, totally. Got it. And so Jason X happens, and uh, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. It has the graphics of a Power Rangers episode. It's sort of Now we're level. speaking my language. Yeah, that's the level of graphics <laughs> that this thing is on. So they finally get Freddy vs. Jason. That happens. It's actually, like, from a story standpoint, putting those two together, I can imagine that was development hell. They figured it out. It's actually pretty decent in terms of story. A lot of it doesn't hold up. It was made in 2003. So it's got a <laughs> lot of like homophobia and a lot of like just average 2003, like teen culture shit. Um, you know, cool. Yeah. It's not yeah, cool. I mean, it's yeah. It's not cool to call Freddie a slur. Right. Yeah. So. So Freddy versus Jason happens, and then we get into the remake, Platinum Dunes, um, and that first remake of Pla- uh, the the or not the only remake of Friday the Thirteenth, who basically remakes the original Friday the Thirteenth in the cold open, takes out Jason's mom, and then he makes his first appearance in the bag, then finds the mask, and then it actually he leaves Crystal Lake and ends up in a suburban neighborhood by the end. So it, it, it essentially like all like the whole movie remakes the first four movies in one movie, which is impressive to an extent, but it's also not fun. It's not a fun movie. It's like real mean and ugly and is like a v- genuine horror movie and not so much like fun slasher. Can't wait to see these people die. There's one guy that you're like, I can't wait to see this guy die. But like, he's the only one. So. Okay. 
Yeah. No, Sam, Sam, please. I, I, no, I, I, I was going to say, so excluding uh, Freddy versus Jason, it at my mental head count, we're now at uh, Jason 11. Yes, correct. Okay, That's go it. ahead, Nick. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to watch the 2009 remake uh, this evening on yeah. H- HBO Max. It, it, I would say it's a really good if you're if any of that sounded interesting to you, listener. Uh, it's a very effective primer because, like Scott said, you kind of are getting three Friday the Thirteenth movies for the price of one. Yeah, it's ninety-seven minutes. It kind of covers a lot of the lore, and yeah. you're right. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't age well, but I it is kind of I thought it was goofier than I think the picture you're painting, but not in a great way. Um, yeah, Ronnie from Disturbia is in it. Right. There's uh, two characters die while they are topless uh, skiing on a boat, water skiing on on Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. Uh, lines like, yeah. you've got excellent boob placement or nipple placement, lady. Yeah. That's the guy that I couldn't wait to die. Um, uh, that guy, Trent, is also... Yeah. Have, you heard, have you heard about this, Scott? I feel like I have, but I don't remember what you're about to say but i feel like so, i remember something about this guy <laughs> so sam this is kind of known colloquial you know by horror fans as the platinum dunes friday the 13th because mm-hmm. it was produced by a production company called platinum dunes that was like co-founded by michael bay and this was, ah and this was mm-hmm. produced by michael bay and an gotcha. actor an actor in this in friday the 13th 09 plays a character named trent who also played a character named trent in the first transformers movie so, oh, yes canonically you know the same kinda, guy yeah same guy yeah so optimus prime and jason exist in the same universe how would you how would you attack a robot's dreams <laughs> i know that's well, the other one but now the that, since they all share a universe yeah, yeah do they true. sleep i don't know i mean they have a heaven ha- they do have a heaven do they, they do? yes they do um in 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 uh transformers 2 you that's the last one that i watched was transformers 2. <laughs> you're like i'm out because i was like i can't robot heaven i'm out i'm out i'm done i saw two i i was like one of the first things i got from uh netflix when they were still doing the dvds uh, oh yeah i saw three i skipped four i skipped four and then I have a friend who used to work for one of the people who produced the movie. So I got in to see number five for free and it's bad, mm. but they had to compliment the person anyway, because um, they uh, can't burn the bridge because Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So we like literally after the movie, we were like, we got to come up with something good to tell this guy. I, the, uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell's robot was funny. That's all we got. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's yeah. true. He was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think, but the reason that I don't like that movie is that I don't want any of those people, like most of the people in the movie, I don't want them to die. And that's the difference is right. like in, in the original Friday, the 13th movies, Jason's the hero. Like he sort of becomes like this sort of de facto, like he's the main character and all of these people are just like, sort of, we're feeding, we're sacrificing them to him, you know, it, it, or, it's or, weird. Yeah, like the one you mentioned, like that has kind of a really cool cast of like eighties weirdos that yeah. you really kind of hate to see go one at one by one. Uh huh. That's true. That is true. So, from what I can tell, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be discussing Friday the Thirteenth, a remake, 
but yeah. it is the 12th Friday the 13th movie, which is the one that I assume no one wants to make. <clears throat> Everyone wants to make the 13th Friday the 13th, but I imagine there's <laughs> not, but no one wants to be like the person who makes the 12th because then they made the 12th. They don't get to make the 13th. That's so we're true. following on, f- following, we're falling on that sword so that the 13th uh, one can get made and just call it the 13th. So they should definitely make this one then. Um, Correct. And pay all three of us. Um, well, assuming that we, in fact, come up with one movie this time, because last time we did two. <laughs> well, Nick and I have not consulted each other on our pitches, so. Good. I'm excited. Who knows? Should be fun. They might, they might accidentally merge into one movie. Who knows? But Nick, talk to us about, about your take on Friday the 13th in general. Oh, oh, like how I feel about the franchise? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, you know, Scott and I talk a lot about a thing called summer horror. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you have like Halloween and October time where it's like, you know, pumpkins and leaves falling and it's cold and you're wearing jackets and stuff. <laughs> uh, but there's a subsect of horror that's set in like the summertime. And mm-hmm. Friday the 13th is kind of like the flagship of that. You know, mm-hmm. like you've got Jaws. Nope is a very recent addition to mm-hmm. the, the summer horror like aesthetic. And so like I've always just had like a, an affection for like that vibe of like summer camp and like uh, fires and going by the lake. But then also like a slasher. And also like as Scott detailed earlier, I kind of there's something I admire about the unabashed naked commercialism of this whole operation. <laughs> <laughs> most of those that i just named are all a year apart like yeah wow. like i have i have seen yeah. like documentaries and stuff on youtube of like you know producers writers being like they didn't care they just said get this done we need this thing out like get it made yeah I do mean, whatever you want <laughs> yeah. there's a market for it there will always be a market for it yeah. right yeah at the time there were like blockbusters and drive-ins and I think this this kind of still exists, you know, like the the spirit of this survives in stuff like Netflix horror movies and stuff like that. But yeah, like, I don't know. There, there, there's something really cool about every year they just had to make one of these and it just progressively got more like surreal. Yeah. Good. I mean, that is just great. I, I, I mean, I, I just find that A, fascinating and B, hilarious. Yeah. What, so, Nick, do you remember the first time you saw let me rephrase not what do you remember the first time you saw one of these movies do you remember which one you saw first i'm pretty sure because you know i i i say this a lot you know kind of the same with rocky or like the terminator you kind of know jason even if you just know hockey mask guy yeah you're like oh yeah the hockey mask guy that's the guy with the hockey mask and the machete or the knife yeah from the memes from the memes yeah (laughs) and uh, that means october's coming he's always like doing a dance Uh (laughs) uh-huh Um, but I think the first one, cause you know, being like a 2000s kid, I, I remember like watching Jason X one night and thinking that was really weird and like funny <laughs> and like, you know, cause it was like, it, like Scott, Scott's power ranger comparison is actually pretty apt to the visual aesthetic of that movie. Like Great. it's that, it's that kind of sci-fi where like, I remember girls have like blue hair and kind of like Xenon costumes, but uh-huh then there would be like people would be topless and then getting their heads hacked off. And I was like, you know, maybe middle school at the time. And I was like, what is this? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Jason Freddy versus I guy and Goldar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We, now that, that's the second good idea we've had. 
<laughs> oh man, the Jason Kaiju, hell yeah! Rita Repulsa makes him big. He has to fight wow, a, a, a Megazord. That would be very funny. His his knife is the same size as the Mega Megazord's yeah. sword. Well, he he notoriously uses a, 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 a machete. So that's right. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, Scott, do you remember which of the movies you saw first? So my parents, uh, growing up. Um, we grew up very poor, my mom and my stepdad. And so we rented all of our movies from the library and my stepdad would go every three days, whatever the due time was and would rent as many videos as he could, um, whatever that was. And then he would, we would tape the ones that would tape to a VHS. And so we had like a closet full of pirated, like copied uh, VHS tapes with like three movies on each VHS because he would record it in, in, in extended play. And uh, and so everything that could tape that didn't have like a piracy protection on it. A little thing uh, pushed. Yeah, he would tape it. And then if it did have a copy, those are the ones we would watch, right? We're like, okay, we have to watch this one because I can't tape this one. So we would watch whatever those were. Um, and so we had this, we just had a closet full of these movies that none of us had ever watched. None of us would ever watch, but we just had them in this closet. And so I got to be, I think it was a, it was a summer. I think I was living with my dad at the time and I would come and live with my mom in the summer. And I would go through that when they were at work um, and just go through it and see if there was like anything that I would want to watch. And one of them was Jason goes to hell. And so that was the very first, my first introduction to Freddy, or, or sorry, to Jason, was Jason Goes to Hell. And a man, eat, him getting killed in the first act, a man <laughs> eating his heart, and then Freddy dragging him to hell, and the whole, the whole deal. It was probably my introduction to the Necronomicon, because I doubt I'd seen Evil Dead at this point. It's a thing from Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> so... I thought that that was normal. I thought that's like what this franchise was. I was like, oh, I see. That's why he dies in each one and comes back because somebody else like eats the next person's heart. And that's how he like carries on. He possesses a new person each time. And that's how Jason keeps coming back. In my mind, my like, I don't know, 12 year old mind, I assumed that that's how the franchise worked because that's how this one worked. So that must be how they all work, right? But no, it was just Jason Goes to Hell that did that. That was the only one. Sorry, no. Even at 12, you were overestimating the creativity. Yes, of- 100%. Uh, <laughs> and then I saw Jason X in theaters uh, my, with my dad. My dad took me to go see that um, because he was like, that Jason guy's in space? All right, we're going to go. We went to like a Sunday matinee <laughs> or something. I remember specifically going and it was like the morning and then, you know, it's still light out when you get, you know, it's just that very specific like, matinee vibes of like yeah yeah coming out and you're like it's still light out wow i was in a dark room for a long time it's Um, weird that i have the rest of the day usually when i watch a movie here that's it yeah it's over yeah those were the that was the first one that i watched and jason x might have very well been the second one that i watched uh and then i I won't and then I went back and watched all of them. And the um, there's this incredible documentary that is four hours long. And it, it goes through. Every, it's like it spends like 30 to 40 minutes on each entry in the canon. It does like this incredible behind the scenes 
thing like look back at the whole franchise it's like four hours long it's incredible um it's like called camp crystal lake memories i think it's on shutter it's really good if you guys are interested in all of this wackiness uh check that one out (laughs) all right well i mean there's so much here but for Mm -hmm. our version where do we start like are we remaking that first friday the 13th where jason's not even the the villain I feel like the Platinum Dunes thing, I think they know what they were doing there. Like, you got to have Jason in a Friday the 13th, even though he wasn't in that first one. I mean, right? I assume. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Um, my The version that I had been developing in my head does have Jason. And yeah. Mrs. Voorhees is, like, prologue before the movie. Like, or, like, you know, like, the mythos of, like, a child died and her mom went crazy. And, like had got revenge and then the mom died and now it's just this fucked up thing that happened at this at this camp just yeah. just checking genders of what the of the thing you just said uh, a child died and her mom went crazy my mistake did you did you did you swap no, some I, genders because i, no, I made i made a no i made a mistake with my with my ah, all right that's good but not, sure I, yeah i mean yeah Jason, i mean yeah i guess yeah any i don't know how to gender swap the name jason i guess the obvious choice is kimberly <laughs> yeah two power ranger references in one episode I will not stop. That's good. Okay. All right. So I, let's get started. Uh, Nick, why don't you start taking us through the beginning of what your remake is? What do you have in mind? I will. I will. I really I really kind of like your idea of this being like F12 or this con- kind of spinning, like doing the opposite of what the Halloween movies are doing. Like, no, it all counts. It's all canon. We're doing this. Um, <laughs> I mean, but- theoretically... It's, I always try to push us that this is a remake and not a sequel, but it's Friday the 13th and all the remakes are sequels. Yeah, that's true. Sounds like it. Uh, so my kind of uh, like premise, and I'm excited to hear what Scott says, is that the movie centers around a group of 40-something friends that were counselors at Camp Crystal Lake uh, in their youth and survived the Mrs. Voorhees attack. Maybe, like, the protagonist, like, killed her and was the one to, like, oh, my God, when I was 17, I had to kill this old woman because she was, like, trying to kill all of, like, my camp counselor friends. Question. Yeah, when, when, does this take place modern day? And so does, does the Mrs. Voorhees thing happen in, like, the early 2000s or something? I was trying to do that, Matt. All of my actors, like, my youngest actor is 43. Mm-hmm. Like they're all in like their mid to late forties. So it'd be like so, late nineties if they were like in their early like late teens, early twenties, right? Yeah, like like I feel like a camp counselor age is like seventeen to twenty. Okay, right? so yeah. Like like I never like did ni- ninety ninety seven to ninety nine ish range. Yeah. 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 Sam, were you ever in summer camp? For one summer and I did not like it. Okay. <laughs> I went to I Camp Pearlstein. That was one of the Jewish summer camps. It was mm. Camp Pearlstein, Camp Ramah, and the other one that's name escapes me. And they were all fine. I've heard about Jewish summer camps, and I have never heard anyone who has gone to one that enjoyed them. So I don't really know why they exist. <laughs> I know a lot of people who went to them and, and enjoyed them, but they're not nerds. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I guess so. I, all, all of all the Jewish, all the Jewish people I know are nerds. Yeah, so that makes so sense. <laughs> Here's your answer. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's the connection there. Um, anyway, I liked archery. 
<laughs> but communal uh, group sleep is bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so in, in your version, late 90s, they were all camp counselors. They survived and killed an old woman. And now they're sad about it or something. And now um, somehow they've kind of in like a, a, a St. Elmo's fire, big chill kind of way. They've decided like, we're going to go back to that camp and we're going to like spend the weekend there and like try to like, because like they lost, maybe they like they lost touch or like they're trying to like reckon with like the demons of like that night. I think we can conquer it if we like just like walk around and see that it's just a place. And yeah, so the therapist said it would be a good idea. Yeah, like one of their therapists was like, and like, oh, you should do this. And so she like the wrangled all of their friends together or something. And so, and so you get like the summer camp stuff that I like every time you watch a Friday the Thirteenth movie of like archery or like going out by the lake or like the the bonfire hooking up in the cabin. But it's like forty something old friends that are like trying to like you know kind of get their youth back for a weekend. Awesome. Uh- Scott, how did your how did your idea get started? So my thought process, okay, so so it, I went down a road on this one because <laughs> because I have always really liked the idea of a found footage Friday the Thirteenth movie. Um, I think at some point they had played around with that idea, but like just the idea of like oh they like go out to the lake and they're like filming and then Jason starts killing them and you know but like the found footage idea I always thought was like a fun idea, but. So that's where this that's where this sort of came from. I don't think I would want to do it in found footage. I think I would want to do it more in like a mixed media way where there is some found footage like sequences, but like you come out of it as well. One of the things that I've been I've been like watching a lot about because I was I was a kid when it happened. I was like 14 when it happened and I think that it's like fascinating that the way the culture allowed something so insane as this thing to happen. And that's Woodstock 99. Right. <laughs> and I, and so there's been a, f- a few documentaries recently, the one on Netflix, one on HBO, and I've watched both of them and I'm just like, Oh my God, what a nightmare. Uh, I can't believe I was a teenager in, in 1999 and I came out and I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> um, I'm not a goddamn monster. So I was thinking about like, Oh, what if there were these, this pair of vloggers who like are trying very much to be like the next big thing. And they want to be like big time vloggers and like get the sponsorships and all the free shit and everything. And so they're doing all of these things, but like they can't afford to do the really big stuff. And so they're like, okay, uh, like they put all of their money in to get concert tickets to this music festival that's in New Jersey. And they're like, let's go to this music festival. Like, we'll meet people. But, like, also, like, no other vloggers are going to be there. Like, we can be the, the, the vloggers that, like, shoot everything at this music festival. So they go out to the music festival. And, like, the first part of it is, like, a little bit of the music festival, learning about the characters um, and their plight. I, my, my thought process was that one of the... One of the girls has to bring her brother along. Like, that's how sort of, like, low on the totem pole they are in terms of, like, their parents still have to, like, get to tell them what to do and stuff like that. Um, And so they have, like, their little brother with them. And they're out at the music festival. They meet some guys. They they come in with, like, a group of friends. But they've still got their, like, lame little brother. And their brother is, like, really into, like, urban legends and things like that. And he's, like do you know where this music festival is? He's like, 
it's on this place that used to be called Camp Crystal Lake where they used to, there was a summer camp and like this lady like killed all these camp counselors. And then like, there's this urban legend about her son being alive still and like killing everybody like over the course of a few summers and then they shut it down. And they're like, yeah, whatever. That's stupid. <laughs> um, we're here for a music festival. Shut up. One thing leads to another in the group is like, let's go explore. Like the, the, the last show goes out and like, we don't want to go back to the camp because it's disgusting. Let's go like find someplace else. Maybe there's like, there's some woods out here. Maybe we can find a, a, a place to make camp out here that isn't going to be as disgusting as like, you know, the, the porta potty infested uh, camp at the music festival. And so they go out to the woods and they, they find a lake. And then they look across the lake and there's the remnants of Camp Crystal Lake. And they're like, oh, my God, it's real. The two girls are like, this is it. Like, this is what we could do. Because, like, they're at the music festival. They see other vloggers. And they're like, we're not even going to be special anymore. They're editing their videos here and uploading them now. Like, by the time we can edit our video and get it uploaded, no one's even going to care anymore. But They brought a remote Wi-Fi hotspot. We don't have that. We don't even have service. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and so then they go, they're like, they're like, but they don't know about Camp Crystal Lake. And we can shoot that and we can do like we maybe we can become like ghost vloggers or something. So then they're like urban exploring that, and then Jason shows up, and then all hell breaks loose. But the third act, of course doesn't take place at Cab Crestle Lake. It takes place at the music festival. And so it's just Jason wrecking havoc on an entire music festival of people. I uh, mean, go ahead, Nick. I apologize. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I, 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 I love that a lot. I think that's really exciting. Um, I think that's can super I, fun. Can I share the second tier the, uh, of my idea? Because I think it might potentially complement Scott's idea really well. Oh, um, I already have an idea of how to marry these, but yes, please okay. go for <laughs> So, uh, longtime listeners may remember in our Nightmare on Elm Street episode, I presented kind of a, a remix new vision of Freddy Krueger, uh, mm-hmm. where she was like a, a psychotic nanny that went crazy a hundred years ago and like killed her students, and it was going to be like Margot Robbie or something. My vision for Jason, and I'm imagining this being revealed like in the trailer, where it's like some kids and they're like, "Oh man, it came Crystal Lake," and then you hear like scuttling like shuffling in the bushes in the trees and the audience is like that's not a jason sound jason's like big (laughs) and lumbering but you're hearing like rustling and like scuttling around in the trees and then i'm imagining like a rope coming from down a tree and like stringing up a person and a little kid like a demon kid like hops on the guy and like rapidly stabs him and the kid's wearing a bag over his head oh man (laughs) and he's like running like Gollum, like kind of on all fours just through the woods just like making weird noises like oh it's jason he's alive he's still alive and like that's the new jason he's like this rabid little demon kid that's very funny wow i love that i think that's really fun (laughs) i do too here's here's my pitch for for marrying the two because basically what you to have pitched are the perfect A storyline, B storyline compliments. Oh, in that, wow. in that it is the these these parents who lived through Crystal Lake when they were teenagers, who are now parents themselves of teenagers. Mm. And the teenagers really want to go to this festival, and the parents are like, "I really, I don't want to go back there." 
But then the therapist is like, no, no, it would be good for you. This has been hanging over your head for 23, 24 years. Go back, go with your kids, make new happy memories there so that that, get, that wipes out the bad memories that you actually experience. So the parents go with the kids, partly for the psychological go make good memories there, revisit the place. And also because they're taking their kids to this concert, whatever. We've all seen the picture of dads at Taylor Swift concerts or dads at One Direction concerts or whatever. Yeah. And that's what this is going to be. The parents are going to kind of like flush out their own demons and the kids are going because it's like, it's the, the little, the, the kid who's like, we're going to go to the actual Crystal Lake Lake. Oh, oh my God. I have to take so many pictures. My classmates are going to be so jealous. This makes this kid inherently more fucked up that his parent his parents literally went through it but he's obsessed with it that's the way he brags at school he's like yeah you think your dad's tough my dad killed uh jason like mrs Voorhees. he was in all the papers like he has the papers up in his room and the dad's like take that down it's like i'm taking it down i'm not taking it down so uh my only edit for that would be because i uh because scott did you say that like they find camp crystal lake so the people the fire fest people they didn't know about the massacre or they're trying to not have people find out about the massacre yeah my 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 thought process is that the massacre the 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 mrs Voorhees massacre is the only like historical absolutely true thing that happened and then the Jason stuff is the urban legend. Like the Jason stuff is like everyone's like, yeah, that's an urban legend. Like that's that that those things didn't happen. And like maybe it's that there's a cover up in town. Like maybe they covered up the Jason murders because they're just like, we can't have this many murders happen in our town. Like we have to. We'll never get any tourists ever again. Mm-hmm. You know. It's also like a, it's a very capitalism move of like, I mean, we're not going to tell you that this is where a bunch of murders took place because it's an amazing lot with wonderful views and we can still sell it. And That's unless true. someone specifically says a bunch of murders happened here, you'd never know. You wouldn't think to look that up. That's true. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're advertising to people from out of state or whatever. Yeah. But to continue, I would then further pitch that uh, killing starts happening and the... <laughs> And that, it, that was said in a way that oh, oh, by a, someone who has never watched a horror movie, and it just made me laugh. Killing starts happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those, uh, uh, some people start being not alive anymore. Anyway. <laughs> and, and so they, and, but it is people at the festival, and that's what's happening. And like the adult, like the adults are like, we're leaving, we're leaving. And like they track it down, and the, the kids end up stopping, and they end up stopping and killing Mrs. Voorhees, mm. not Voorhees. J- yeah, Jason Voorhees. Yes. But yeah. killing the mom. And that's middle of act, kind of end of act two. But that act three, more people keep dying. And that's because it's the child, Jason, the mm. child child, the one that Nick was talking about. And that's the one who gets away at the end of the movie. And so basically the mom kills children and the child kills parents. Oh, interesting. Okay. And that's your scream twist of there's two of them, but it's also you get to have the mom and Jason in the same movie. I feel like having, I feel like having Mrs. Voorhees though, be involved in the modern like that takes away from the whole legend of there's no legend of Camp Crystal Lake then. If well, she, if she's currently a murderer, ha- one of the things that you talked about in uh, some of the in in the various other Jasons is that they just don't die. Mm-hmm. Like 
like Jason is killed and then it turns out he wasn't or Jason was killed as a child and it turns out he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you can very easily just have them be like, well, they're here. We don't know if like, they, and they never take off the mask, mm-hmm. whatever masks they happen to be wearing. And they could have been killed and that is the legend and they're still here. Or do you want them to be human? Do you want them to be, pe- tell me what kind of monsters you're envisioning for this movie. Nick, what do you think? Well, I'm guessing if like in the version where this Jason was a thing that happened decades ago, the fact that he's still like in little boy form, because there's an iconic ending to the first Friday the 13th, where the final girl, the final girl thinks that she's safe. She's on a boat in the middle of Camp Crystal Lake. And then out of Camp Crystal Lake comes Jason. Mm -hmm. And in my head is I always thought that he was still a little boy and not an adult. And so that's kind of where like that like sprang from. And so like kind of unspoken. I wasn't picturing them finding like the Necronomicon, but (laughs) I like by definition that Jason would have to be like some kind of supernatural reanimated being. Right. 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 Well, yeah. Cause you specifically called him like a demon kid. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, let's say that it would, Jason was, a kid. So it would have been a, a like a kid at camp. He would have been 11, 12 when the counselors were off doing drugs and having sex. Mm-hmm. Let's say his mom was in her mid to late 30s. It's now been 25 years. She would be in her late 50s, early 60s. That's still reasonable. Mm-hmm. She could still be off uh, killing peeps. And then her son is the supernatural one who she brought back with demon magic. Like you do. Right, right. I, I feel, yeah, I think that there's a way to marry these as well. Um, but I, I, I also feel like, because the other, my other, my thought process too with, with, with this one, it was funny that you brought up the 12 and 13 thing, because the idea of this is that it's like a secret Friday the 13th movie, kind of like, like your, like your 10 Cloverfield Lane or like whatever, sure, yeah. like you don't know that's, that, right? Blair Witch sequel, whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. And then. Crystal Lake shows up and everyone's like, oh shit, this is a Friday the 13th movie. And then after that, I was like, I was like, oh, that's a fun way to do 12. And then the next one is a full fledged Friday the 13th movie. And that's the 13th one with like the event rollout one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to do the Indiana Jones uh, rope swing in the machete thing where he cuts the bridge. Uh uh, okay. and sure. I kinda, I'm excited I, to see what this leads to. <laughs> I kind of want to full on invest in Woodstock '99 version and and jettison big chill old people version. <laughs> <laughs> so you think that more teenagers should be involved in Friday uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth than uh, middle aged people? I think I just think the idea of going from I think just Jason attacking Firefest is just too. Delicious idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Oh man, Jason takes the water bottles. The great right. thing too, though, is like you can still have like you can have your idea in this, but it's like a one-off scene where like a bunch they go to people. Camp Crystal Lake and they stumble upon those guys who are all there in their form, and they're like, "Oh yeah." No, I remember oh, yeah. the night that Jason attacked. And then you get the scene with Jason as a kid. Oh, yeah. Attacking yeah. them in like a flashback. 
Um, and he's like, yeah, he iced like eight of us. And then I was the only one left. And then he was like, yeah, and I was in the part of the next year. And they're like, yeah, he attacked again, you know? Oh yeah. 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 So you could still combine them. I think um, so. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, I still like the idea of just having a parent there anyway, because it's a, it's a music festival and someone has to drive. Oh well, yeah. That's yeah, a but they're not character. Please. Yeah, that I I wasn't picturing them as teenagers. I was picturing them in their twenties, like early twenties, um, like right, early enough. early twenties. And the, but the the brother is young. The brother is like thirteen. I'll, I'll rephrase. Someone doesn't have to drive. Someone has to pay. <laughs> that's, well, that's I definitely true. think. Yeah. I think your instinct of of Taylor Swift, dad at a Taylor Swift concert, like. Yeah. That's a fun character to be in this kind of movie. I'm like, oh, oh, oh Hannah, I have to fight Hannah, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, the, the dude with the margaritas in the in Jurassic Park. Of, uh, I need to do the thing I'm here to do. Oh, also, he could be like a single dad, and then he goes to like, he goes to like hang out in like the dad's like the 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 adult zone. That's like mm-hmm. a tent, like an air conditioned tent with like alcohol and stuff. And yeah. Like, like all the ladies oh are hitting on him and you get to introduce like some like dumb archetype characters that like Jason can like attack that tent later on. Yeah. They have to get drunk and have sex. Right. Of course. Oh yeah. Naturally. It's the parents. Yeah. It's the parents. It's not the kids. Cause Gen Z <laughs> knows better. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Good. All right. Cool. Let's do it. Scott, are you picturing feral child Jason or do you want to stick with old school classic, like big lumbering Jason? I feel like feral child Jason at attacking Woodstock 99 would be not believable after a certain point. Mm-hmm. I think it would be tough. It would be a tough. At that point, you're just doing Chucky and that's a different movie. That's <laughs> that's actually true because he would have to be sneaky the whole time. And you would want like you have a big crowd of people with Jason in the middle of it. You kind of want, yeah. you know. Yeah, the little guy. The little guy is scarier in a wood in a woods type situation where you can totally. not see him and lose. Yeah, him. I think Scott's right that you can do do that as a flashback, and it's also fun if like it's a concert, no one's paying attention. If some big guy kind of lumbers through the crowd, and then all of a sudden someone gets like lifted up on their shoulder, like woo, yeah, it's a party, and then they just start getting like in, like he lifted her up on her shoulders, and then just starts stabbing upwards. Yeah, yeah, and then just everywhere and like the spotlight on him and everyone crowds around it's just jason in the middle and it's like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a jason and he goes yeah. off jasoning yeah. that's how the movie works right yeah it, i mean uh, more than yeah. you would imagine yes <laughs> jason and crowd he, surfs but he just is face down and is stabbing as he goes yeah jason kind of gets into the music in one act well i was actually gonna say like because when you were when you were talking about little little jason I was I and like sta- jumping on a guy and stabbing him a bunch of times. First thing that came to mind was Hit Girl from Kick Ass, oh, and that yeah. like that amazing sequence in the first movie uh, to the to the Banana Split song. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking like, oh, like what if there was like a choreographed mass murder in this movie to like a live band is playing on the main stage like way in the distance, and then Jason is like killing a big group of people. Like yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, like, yeah, like, like, like churches is on stage. Yeah. And then like, and then it like sinks up. Like, yeah, it, it goes like, in a needle drop mode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to add a moment and I don't know how this will work. 
because I love that. And all of a sudden I have this moment because we have the kid who's like the this crazy into like uh, myths and cryptids and everything. And he's going there because this kid knows what's what the, what Camp Crystal Lake is. And at some point that kid has to come face to face with Jason. And then the kid has to put on a mask too. And then Jason leaves him alone. Uh, well, he senses the kindred spirit. It's so funny that you say that, uh, Sam, because I have named all of my characters after characters in the franchise and so one of the one of the the vloggers is is named trent one of the (laughs) vloggers is named alice who was the final girl in the first friday the 13th another one is named tina who is the carrie type um from friday the 13th six and then the little brother is named tommy which was the name of uh of uh cory feldman's character um in in like three of the Friday the 13th. So, and in that la- in that first Friday the 13th with Corey Feldman in it, it ends with him shaving his head bald, putting on a hockey mask and pretending to be child Jason to like distract Jason so that his sister can kill him. I was unaware of this. Yes. So it's so funny that you specifically like he puts on a mask. It was like, Oh, it's Tommy. And he totally does that <laughs> in the fourth movie. So that works out perfect. Great. Love yeah. it. Okay, cool. It sounds like we kind of have a movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Let's, uh, let's populate this thing with actors. So, okay. Uh, it's, uh, my day job is that I work at a youth uh, talent agency. So I no longer have to look up Nickelodeon shows to find youth actors because I know what shitload of them. Yeah, you can you can justify Googling children uh, in a way that if the police come for you will be valid. Yeah, that's true. So uh, my Tommy is um, an actor at the agency I work at. His name is Nick Fisher. He has most recently played young Jeffrey Dahmer in the new like Dahmer Netflix show. And Young he's, Dahmer. yeah, Dahmer, monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, uh, Dahmer mm. colon monster colon the Jeffrey Dahmer story. <laughs> yes. Uh, cool. Yeah. So sounds like a slam dunk. It's a bad title, but, <laughs> but Nick Fisher is a, an incredible young actor and he's very good at being like a creepy little weirdo. But, like, also can be, like, fun and, like, charming and, like, a hyperactive kid. And so, like, combining creepy little weirdo with hyperactive kid is exactly the energy that I want Tommy to have in this. So that's that's my pitch for Tom. All right. Then, Nick, tell us about one of your parents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I think... I think, you know, I, I had a pretty good... I had a pretty good... I didn't have, like, any, like, names for anybody. I think my favorite cast member that I really liked was um, I had Hong Chow from the Damon Lindelof Watchmen series downsizing. She's in the upcoming, the menu that I'm hearing really good things about. And uh, I, I, I can't think of a movie where she's played like a parent, just like a mild, like a suburban mom, like on vacation. And so it could be fun if she was like the one like Gen X aged character. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Tell us about the next child, Scott. This was like really tough because there's like, (laughs) I mean, there's just, you could put just about anybody in this and, and, and make it solid. I mean, it's a Friday the 13th movie. So it's, it's, uh, it's tricky in terms of like who you can, uh, like, cause they can't be, 
they can't be like really big names because they wouldn't do a Friday the 13th movie, you know, because like I would love to see somebody like I was thinking about White Lotus a lot while I was like thinking about this concept. And so like one of my, you know, sort of go to's is like I was like thinking about Sydney Sweeney, but like Sydney Sweeney gets cast in everything. But like also she has that sort of vlogger vibe that I would want one of these characters, I presumably Tommy's sister to have um, who I pictured being Alice. And so like, that's kind of where my mind went with, with her, um, with Sydney Sweeney. But I would be curious if Nick has any ideas, not, I know he didn't do the homework for this, but like, I would still be curious because he knows people <laughs> for like a, for like a, a vlogger, like a kind of, yeah. is she, is she like really good at it or is she kind of like more awkward at it? I think she's more awkward at it. Okay. I was going to say like uh, Angori Rice from the the Spider-Man Goes Home movies. Oh, that's good. I like that better. That's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, she plays Betty Brant. Betty? Betty Brant. Yeah, Betty Brant. Mm-hmm. She was Spider-Man just in Honor Home. Society. That's really good. That's a good one. I like her. Let's... Let's do her as Alice. That's really good. And I and I would I she would be more annoyed at her little brother for being a weirdo than like apathetic like Sydney Sweeney probably would be cuz that's yeah. her general vibe is like kind of apathetic. So, yeah. I think I think Angora I think that's really good. But like when I think about Tina, first of all I'm thinking of a of a person of color and I'm trying to like I was like racking my brain for like a good young actor, but the but the issue is like the ones that get that are good, that are really good actors, they like blow up like instantly now. And so I can't think of somebody who would be at the level of like an Angori Rice for Tina, but I do want some person of color. I don't know. What's, what do you what do you what, what, what's her deal? What's what's her vibe? I feel like she's more of like I, to me, in my mind, I, I picture her as more of like, like, go with the flow. Like, this is what my friend wants to do, so I'll do it. And I support her. But, like, I don't know. If it doesn't work out, like, whatever. I'm going, you know. I'm, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. Um, have either of you seen a movie called The Half of It? Yeah. No, tell- it, it, was, it was like a Netflix rom-com from 2020. Where wasn't it? It was kind of like she's helping out a guy. It was kind of like Cyrano de Bergerac, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talking about Leah Lewis? Yes, Leah Lewis. Oh, that's good. I like Leah um, Lewis. And so where my head went was a uh, the reason I was able to pull that name out of the ether. She was just <laughs> in, a, in a she was just in a Nando V movies like fan cast video, and so and like I, I like the, the, the half of it a lot. And she could be. Uh, I'm not sure what Leah Lewis's nationality is specifically. But like you know, she could potentially be Hong Chow's daughter. If you want to circle? Yeah, I think that works. Oh, okay. true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like the idea that the dad that's going is not the father of Alice and Tommy. Like, yeah, it's her. It's it's the it's the friend's dad. Like, dad, can you please take us to this thing? Like, I think oh, that's sorry. funny. Like, my friend yeah. wants to go. <laughs> we're we're vloggers, dad. Yeah. No, Locker. I like that. All right. Well, then, fun. who is the parent for uh, Alice and Tommy? Do you have another parent in your group, Nick? Yeah, Nick. Um, Tell us about your parents. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just give you everybody real quick. So I had uh, Adam Scott as mm. like 
you know, classic, like, oh, God, we hooked up once. And I was like 48. He's still hot. You know, what are we going to do? Um, <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Michelle Monaghan was my idea for, like, the girl who killed Mrs. Voorhees when she was 17. Oh, because she's got that, like, crazy look in her eye. That, like, yeah, yeah she can, like, turn that on and off really quick. Yeah, it's good. But then, but then also it could be, like, suburban mom. Totally. And you, you'd buy it. But then it's like, oh, yeah, one time she, like, snapped. Um, yeah. Sterling K. Brown as like a guy who's become like a mayor in another town, but now he's like on vacation, but he's like, yes. he's like the big shot. Like, Hey, you know, big money. And then I thought it'd be fun. This actually might be really good for the dad that we were talking about is uh, I want Freddie Prince jr. To be in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Having Freddie Prince jr. In it is almost like a, uh, like a yellow jackets thing. Cause yellow jackets, the showtime series has cast like, a lot of like big nineties actors in, mm-hmm. in the show as like the older versions of the kids who are cannibals. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, it, there's, it, if this is a mystery, you got to cast Fred. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah. I love the idea of like bringing a nineties, like slasher icon actor. Oh man. Is it, can there be a scene where he's about to pull off Jason's mask? Oh man. We have to. <laughs> I hope so. I hope <laughs> All so. right. Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. Amazing. He's really <laughs> under here. Oh, awesome. What other reference names, things did you have, Scott? You know, I thought about casting Jason Voorhees because there are multiple people who play Jason Voorhees and people have their favorites of like who played Jason Voorhees the best. Uh, mine is Kane Hodder uh, just because I think he gave him the most personality. But there was a, docu- there was a documentary about Kane Hodder, wasn't there? Like separate yeah. from the one that you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's like a Kane Hodder specific one. Um, but I don't know any like big guys. Like I don't I don't I don't I that would like not mind like not talking and, and being behind a mask the whole time and just you right. know whenever I need a, a Yeah. Say that again, Nick. I was like, Dave Batista, Jason Boris. I mean I mean honestly, like whenever I need someone who like just be a big guy and is fine with not talking, I just like text my friend Cam and say, like, hey, give me the name of a wrestler who can do this. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And yeah. I'm quite certain there is a plethora of them. Yeah. So Or like a stunt man. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think that's, that's what you want. Yeah, I think that's largely speaking who most of the Jasons have been in the past. Do either of you have particular, like, other than like Jason, are there particular roles that we need to cast that we haven't done yet? I'll get to writer and director in a second. I don't think so. Because yeah. mostly yeah. everyone else is chaff. Right. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> Vancouver, day players. Excuse me, Vancouver to write chaff. day players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh-huh. Good. Love it. <laughs> okay, great. Well, then let's talk about writer and director. Other than obviously us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who do you have writing this movie so for my you know big chill gen x hangout friday the 13th uh my screen my selected screenwriter was academy award winner diablo cody <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome. also she's also co-writing mine hey, <laughs> hey! Me actually yes oh my god you should work together <laughs> yeah we should because <laughs> You know, a lot of people consider her best movie to be Young Adult, which is about old people coming back to their roots and like, yeah. you know, not old people, like, you know, like the people in their late 30s. Uh, so, Scott, who was your other writer? My, my, my writing team was Simon Barrett and Diablo Cody. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Simon Barrett, he wrote The Guest and the um Your Next and what 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 else? He wrote some stuff by, his, by himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seance. Didn't he co-write? He did not co-write. He did yeah, Blair Witch. He did not co-write Godzilla versus Kong, but he is writing Godzilla versus Kong 2. Oh, um, exciting. Cool. Yeah. So this time um, the monkey gets two axes. <laughs> but yeah, Seance, um, Seance is like I was like thinking about Seance during this because I was like, Seance is basically a movie about like this girl's school and there's like murders happening at this girl's school and like this new student is like trying to get to the bottom of it. And it's sort of Nick, did you watch this? Did we watch um... this together? <laughs> Say, say the title one more time. Seance, the the girl, the girl yeah, school that yeah, Simon Barrett yeah. directed. Yeah, we did, and we we weren't crazy about it. Right, we weren't crazy about it, but there was stuff we liked about it. But it almost felt like he was one draft away from like the draft he should have made. Yeah, like it has a crazy twist, and we were yeah. like, where where was this being set up the whole time? Yeah, it just like becomes supernatural out of nowhere. Like at first, it's it's just like a whodunit like mystery slasher. And then it's like the third act is like, actually it's supernatural. So deal yeah. with that. And I, was I, like, yeah. I don't know if I want to, <laughs> I'm not sure. I was that thinking seems like it's a cop out a little yeah. bit, a little, well, cool. well, yeah, but, but, but he's, but he's a solid writer. Um, but I think he, he's one of his not so strong points is his dialogue. Whereas Diablo Cody, that is one of her strong points. And she loves slasher films and horror films. She wrote Jennifer's Body, you know, and also did all the dialogue for the Evil Dead remake. So she definitely has horror bona fides. And so the combination of the two of them, I think, would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and, yeah, I, oh, and Diablo Cody was Nick's person. So let's just do the combo. I think <laughs> yeah. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to film as well. Like, but it's yeah. I was I was thinking of that Zoom movie that we watched. What was the one where the girls were on Zoom and they were doing? Oh, this? um, it is something like Seance, um, one a one word, word title. Yeah, because yeah. they're doing a Seance over Zoom, and it's like a. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. Uh, yeah, screen. Why not? It's called Host. By the way, the movie you're Host. Looking for is Host. 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 That's it. That's the one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's talk about director. Nick went first for that one. So Scott, who was your director? I I went I wanted to go outside the box with this one and pick somebody who has like a, like a, a vibe that I think he's done like some horror stuff but not that much and I wouldn't call his horror stuff like no, nothing is like slasher adjacent so like I would just be curious what this kind of movie would look like for him but um anyway it's uh it's Nacho uh, Vigalano who did Time Crimes and Colossal? Is that the name of that movie? It is, right? Colossal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I love. I love Colossal. I need to see Colossal. It's was it's one of those things that's just like on my list of movies to see. Yeah. I think you'd like it. Yeah, that's a Sam. Too. That that's a that's a Sam movie for sure. Absolutely it is. It, it, um, it just never happened. We need to bring uh, those we need to bring those movie nights back so we can do that one at some point. I still need to see Bethany's movie. Yeah, that's true. Nacho Vigalondo also directed the, uh, the Predators movie that only I like. 
Oh, he did. Wow. Yeah. Well, he's not writing this one. He's just he's going to direct it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, well, let's see. Nick, yeah. who did you have for director? Uh, so my director is, is Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence director Lawrence Kasdan. Director Big Chill. <laughs> Big Chill. Big Chill too. Friday the Thirteenth. Um, <laughs> my director is uh, definitely a horror veteran and one of Scott's favorite directors, Michael Dordry. Oh, I like so, yours better. So. My main thought process behind this, I was to say, I'm Michael Dowdery, Dordery, Michael Dordy, Doherty, Doherty, director of Krampus, Trick or Treat, uh, Godzilla versus King of the Monsters, which has a lot of cool parts in it, even though it's not like my personal favorite Godzilla movie. And so, and you know, yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's not good. Yeah, it looks it looks great, and it's fun, yeah. and it's like, and Trick or Treat has immaculate, perfect fall halloween vibes every frame is like you know orange and there's leaves falling and so i want to see what he does with summer vibes yeah okay all right that's a convincing argument i feel like we're doing that yeah michael doherty's the way to go for sure on this one sweet all right so that that's our list let's (laughs) so we've talked about the movie let's our, our our list of the 12th Friday the 13th, Dark Dozen, <laughs> Tommy will be played by Nick Fisher. Uh, Alice will be played by Angori Rice. Their parent will be Freddie Prince Jr. Tina will be Leah Lewis or Leia Lewis. I'm not sure. One of those. Leah or Leia Lewis. And her parent will be Hong Chow. All of this will be written by the writing team of Simon Barrett and Diablo Cody and then directed by Michael Dougherty. I will say I will do one plus up. I will actually title this movie. And I think the title of the movie should just be Crystal Fest. And that's it. Oh, that's the perfect title. And that's so, amazing. yeah, so yes. it's just called Crystal Fest. No one going into this movie knows it's a Friday the 13th until they see Camp Crystal Lake across the lake. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I love yeah. it. Oh, so I want to hear EDM. Friday the 13th theme. Yes. Uh, let's do it. Yes. Oh, man. This movie needs to happen, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope the producer's again. listening. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. All right all, all right, all my new listeners who I picked up from Genre Blast, who do we talk to? How do we make this happen? <laughs> all right. Apparently, these cool. are really easy to make. <laughs> sure. No, cop- no copyright legal troubles at all. I've got Canadian uh, citizenship. That's all we need to film in Vancouver, right? Yeah. Cool. I think so. Uh, well, then, great. We uh, we made it. We made a Friday the 13th movie. Mm-hmm. Nick, Scott, thank you both very much for being uh, my guest slash taking over the podcast. As if you'd eaten the heart of the very podcast and then let it consume you. Yeah. Uh, so talk I, about- I am ideal remake now. Um. <laughs> talk, about, talk about yourselves. Plug some things. Uh, Nick, plug the show. Our uh, our Evil Dead series on franchiseography should be in full swing. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We really got to dive into like our love of horror and Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, and yeah, a, a phenomenal lineup of guests. Yep, our our podcast is called Franchiseography. 
We talk about film franchises. And yeah, the Evil Dead miniseries is happening now. We just wrapped up Jurassic Park and that entire franchise. And then on the other side of Evil Dead, starting in November, we take on um, the Rocky franchise, which includes Creed and Creed 2. Very And if you want to dive into the franchiseography catalogs and you're feeling very Octobery, they also covered Scream. That's true. That's true. true we did yeah. cover Scream back in the day. And um, uh, you're a guest on our Spy Kids 2 episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your uh, Men in Black 3 episode. Oh, that's right. I forgot you'd been on twice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cool. <laughs> I was on, I was on for Men in Black 3 because you wanted me to be on. I was on for Spy Kids 2 because I made it happen. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's true. <laughs> You're on the ground. But uh, but yeah, check that out. Uh, it's a show Nick and I are both very, very proud of. Um, if you liked all of that history of, of Friday the 13th, now imagine I talked that much about one of them. Only one of them <laughs> at a time. It's that's true. that's the show. Just 25 minutes of me talking, me or Nick talking about the background of of the development of each individual movie and why certain decisions decisions were made. And then we sort of break down the movie and talk about it and figure out what works and what doesn't work and have a lot of fun and make a lot of jokes. And uh, it's a good time uh, by everyone who is involved, listening and or otherwise. So, (laughs) yes, good. (laughs) If you're interested in finding out more about me, you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. Or you can follow the podcast on Twitter or Instagram at Ideal Remake. Or join the Dueling Genre Patreon, or uh, join the Dueling Genre Patreon, and you can hear the bonus episodes of Franchiseography. And uh, you can also join the Dueling Genre Discord and talk to Scott or Nick or I about what you liked about our episodes, because it would be really sweet, and it would make our day if you did that. (laughs) And... At, because Ideal Remake is a part of the Dueling Genre Network, I always try to talk about one of the other shows on the network. And ah, the next one in the list of episodes or shows to talk about is The Doctor's Companion, oh. which is hosted by Scott and Nick and Cass Fredrickson. Mm-hmm. And when Doctor Who is on, The Doctor's Companion is on too. And Scott, Nick, what's The Doctor's Companion? We so so it's it's a two hander show where on when when Doctor when new episodes of Doctor Who are airing we're talking about those episodes that are airing, um and sort of our react having a reaction to them, and then when we're in the off season we do this thing called the long Doctor Who the long way around where we talk about every every story by every Doctor one Doctor at a time and so we are wrapping up or we have we will have finished by the time this aired airs um we'll have finished our ninth season of the long way around in which we talked about the ninth story of every doctor um one through we're doing 12 we haven't we're not we don't we're not going to revisit 13 until her era is over but yeah so so the ninth story of 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 every doctor and uh and then we'll be back around like sometime next year to talk about the 10th story of every doctor and uh it's fun we put recaps in so you don't have to watch along if you know doctor <laughs> who if you know doctor who you can just listen and be like what was this episode of doctor who about and we will tell you we we write recaps and there's uh, a a fun a tardis sound effect while we're going through them you can totally follow the show without watching the episodes as well. And uh, we just, it's a good like primer into classic who, if you don't know anything about that era of the show, Nick, am I forgetting anything? Is that it? (laughs) 
No, yeah, it's a fun show. We talk about Doctor Who, and uh, it's a helpful show because some of these episodes don't exist anymore. That's true. That's true. A bunch of them don't exist because the BBC would just wipe the tapes because they were like, no one's ever going to watch this again. So they just would reuse the t- wipe them and reuse the tapes. <laughs> and it was a fire. problem with Star Trek as well. Bonkers. Cool. Yeah, that's the episode. Thank you both again so much for uh, being my guests. So I will end this episode the same way I end all episodes. Scott, Nick, what is your favorite quote from Friday the 13th? Kill, 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 kill. Ah, 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 ah. (laughs) What what did I say earlier? You've got excellent nipple placement, lady. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Only one I can remember right now. Perfect.